Everyone has opinions. Most of them are trash. Join us each week as we get to the bottom of the heap, sifting through topics ranging from pop culture to Pop-Tarts. In the end, only one trash talker will reign refuse supreme. Disagree? Too bad. Welcome to Your Opinion is Trash. Excellent merman. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I worked on him with all a day. Solid merman. Yeah, nice merman. Yeah. yeah. You guys didn't know I've been sitting on a merm this whole time. <laughs> I did not. I did not know you were sitting on a merm. Sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, it's not, baby. <laughs> oh, it's a good vibe. It's a weird yeah. vibe. We are in AJ's, AJ's Wonderland. The Christmas <laughs> warehouse. You guys are at like it's so Santa's even, fucking workshop over we there. We are actually in Santa's workshop. It's this is we are not making fun of AJ's house because no. it looks very beautiful. It does. It's just when the first time you walk into it, you're like, holy shit, it's a lot of Christmas in here. Because the last time it was decorated, it was Halloween. Yeah. So right. It's, it's a very different vibe. Yeah, when the two, we have that two I have holidays very... that we give a damn about. <laughs> and they're but they're both they happen to be close to one another. That's fine. Most I find most holidays are kind of you know, And Thanksgiving Thanksgiving of course provides the buffer between the two yes. in which the house with looks touching normal your for corn. about two weeks. Yeah. yeah. It's just there's just so many nutcrackers, y'all. When the door jingles, the view I have is very huga. Like it's it's very pleasant. No, what what does that word mean? It's a it's a um, it's a Danish word that means uh, cozy cozy. in the wintertime. Yeah, (laughs) huga. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven nutcrackers is what I just counted. Yeah, that's right. And I I think we we bought a new one over the weekend that was the cat. Oh, Oh. there is a cat cracker. That's (laughs) That's a lot of nuts. It's real cute. Nice. Um, all right. Um, welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Your Opinion is Trash. Trash. Um, it's a morning episode. Garbage. Uh, I think you mean No, I morning. mean with a U. Ah. With the O-U-R. Uh, oh, morning. <laughs> um, so we were off last week because uh, AJ had too many people at his house. He couldn't record. <laughs> Lena was here making weird cranberry bullshit. Oh, my God. The greatest piece of cinema ever. Yeah, it was really created. good. It was. If, you haven't, if you haven't watched it, go on our Instagram page. It's gripping. It's, Real fun stuff, y'all. Brilliant. And <laughs> um, Lena, so delicious. I don't believe you. Um, but we're going to make Evan Prasant try some one day. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. he was so mad about it. Yeah. I'm also mad, but I feel like we can both eat it and be mad and, yeah, and be together. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, yeah. Also, quick... Can I make a quick correction? Because Evan Prezant was also deeply hurt that on the pie episode, after he spent a year perfecting pie making, I only mentioned him being jealous of the cereal. <laughs> Evan Prezant makes a delicious pie. <laughs> Let it be known here. He is a pie master. He makes a firm, sturdy crust. Uh, he's a great boy and he makes great pie. Wow. I concur with all of that sentiment. Um, Turns off podcast and goes to bed. <laughs> yes. Now that retraction has been issued, that's enough of this episode. Um, so, so yeah, so we took last week off yeah. for things, and because we didn't do a, we didn't do an episode, 
I know. The, the gods Steven, cursed us. Stephen Sondheim died, y'all. <laughs> the god of musical theater that was walking amongst us mere mortals yeah. passed away. Stevie Sons. Just to think last episode, I was referencing his people pies. I know. It's so, weird that the last episode was our most musically. I really feel yeah. like we made it happen. Well, I don't I don't <laughs> care for that power. <laughs> I mean, can we use the power for killing other people that I don't like? Maybe. No, no, no. All I right. feel like he was like, I'll ah, the it is completely complete. under my breath of who I would rather. Oh, we kill Andrew Lloyd Webber if we could. <laughs> Uh, what? How? We've got to finish the Phantom trilogy. How will we know how it ends? This is true. This is true. Um, Phantom of the Opera, No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> All of the Phantoms are there. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, Michael Crawford. That's the only one I could think of. Oh, uh, the guy from the movie. So oh, Keith does. Gerard Butler, please. Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler has Phantom impression. That's oh, and well, that is something Pete and I do regularly in our home. That's important. Of. Oh. And you know, shout out Ben Crawford, the, the current family opera. Ben Crawford, current Phantom. Yep. Here's the disclaimer, y'all. <laughs> The whole episode's about musical theater. It sucks, and I'm sorry. Turns off pod and goes to bed. Yeah, go ahead. If you don't like theater, if you don't like musicals, this is definitely not for you. And for some of you, settle in for a warm Christmas treat. <laughs> and like, I think it's kind of incredible that a legend had to die for us to be able to admit that we all just want to talk about musicals most of the time. <laughs> I mean... I don't know if that's entirely true, but I do really love musicals. Sure. That's true. Yeah. I try to not alienate people who don't like theater or musicals by constantly talking about it. Um, but this whole episode is going to be basically about Stephen Sondheim and yeah. musical theater. Feels right. Because uh, Keith said we should do it. And so we postponed. Yeah. It wasn't even my suggestion. What I was going to do. Suggest- I just went along with it. It's true. And well, it's honestly, thank God, because the thing we were going to do was very labor intensive and I was never going to get it together for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, so it's all about, uh, we're going to be doing what is the best Stephen Sondheim song, which is very specific. He wrote a few. He wrote millions (laughs) and we picked, we did song because... I personally think it's easier to talk about only one song instead of an entire musical. I did, it's going to get too long. It's going to be too much if we talk about a whole musical. Fine. And AJ already has more notes than he's ever had for any episode of the pod. A compendium, you might also, say. He has, he has a yellow legal pad of notes, y'all, so strap in. Yeah. I wrote it in pencil. <sighs> he did even hand wrote it. It's adorable. Um, and I have a lot of information about Stephen Sondheim. I'm not sad that we're talking about Stephen Sondheim. That's not why I'm sighing. I'm just, I feel bad for people who hate theater. But if you hate it, don't listen. It's fine. Yeah, next listen. episode. Or you might learn something. Or you could learn something really fucking cool because Stephen Sondheim is a really fucking cool dude. We are above all else an education podcast. Yeah, never forget, y'all. We are just here to teach you things. We're sponsored by BBS. <laughs> and viewers like you. Mm-hmm. All right. I have so many things to say about Stephen Sondheim. So get ready. Yes. Are we ready? I'm going to take a step. Already. All right. Stephen Sondheim was born (laughs) on March 22nd, 1930. Bruh. Into a Jewish family in New Mm -hmm. York City. Uh, His father manufactured dresses that his mother designed. He grew up in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and after his parents divorced, he grew up on a farm near Doylestown, Pennsylvania. 
as the only no. child of a well-to-do parents living in San Remo, or I'm sorry, in the San Remo, he was described <laughs> as an isolated, emotionally neglected child. Uh, so makes sense. Like makes all of for us. great music writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sondheim traced his interest in theater to Very Warm for May, a Broadway musical he saw when he was nine years old. Uh, the curtain went up and revealed a piano, Sondheim recalled. A butler took a duster and brushed it up, tinkling the keys, and I thought that was thrilling. Hmm. <laughs> There's so many good quotes. I instantly got hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sondheim detested his mother, who was said to be psychologically abusive and to have projected her anger from her failed marriage onto her son. Um, when she died in 1992, he did not attend her funeral, which is a real oh. baller move, if I have to say <laughs> Like so. all good writers, he had severe mommy issues. Yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, when Sondheim was about 10 years old, he uh, formed a close friendship with James Hammerstein, who was the lyricist of Oscar Hammerstein. And that mm-hmm. is how he started his mentorship with Oscar Hammerstein. And he sort of became like his surrogate father to him, influencing him influencing him profoundly and developing his love of musical theater. Mm. The comic musical that Stephen wrote at the George School called By George (laughs) was a success among his peers and uh, like everyone at school loved it when he asked Oscar to evaluate it as though um, the as though Oscar had no knowledge of its author, he said it was the worst thing he had ever seen. <laughs> but if you want to know why it's terrible, I will tell you. And they spent the rest of the day going over the musical, and Sondheim later said, in that afternoon, I learned more about songwriting and musical theater than most people learned in a lifetime. Um, Oscar designed a course for Sondheim on constructing a musical. He and he had the composer write four musicals, each with one of the following conditions. I thought this was super interesting, so I wanted to... I, thought it was cool um so four separate musicals one had to be based on a play that he admired and sondheim chose beggars on horseback which became a classic all that glitters classic beggars on horseback yeah who wrote it um (laughs) the writer is uh, inconsequential inconsequential. (laughs) but the horses were beautiful yeah (laughs) Um, so that musical became All That Glitters. Uh, he had to write one that was based on a play that he liked but thought was flawed. So he chose Maxwell Anderson's High Tour. Very flawed. Very flawed. The central character was a robot. Mm. And it was in the time before robots. Yeah. So it was a <laughs> It real... was very flawed. Yeah. Very flawed. <laughs> um, Not to mention how it ignores the Aristotelian unities. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. But thanks for saying it. Thank you for the first Aristotelian reference. Um, One that was based on an existing novel or short story that had not previously been dramatized, which which became his unfinished version of Mary Poppins, which was titled Bad Tuesday, and it was unrelated to the musical (laughs) film and stage play scored by the Sherman Brothers. Oh, yes. I do remember hearing that he wrote a version Bad of Bad Tuesday. That's a great name. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then an original, which became Climb High. I thought I thought the fourth was a oh, was a pornographic piece. No, that oh. one was the fifth one that was scratched. Oh, later. got it. Yeah. Got it. That became Passion. Yes, obviously. Yes. Um, yep. Bert. Do you know how to pronounce that name? Bacharach? No. <laughs> Bacharach. <laughs> Shevelov? That's what it looks like. Shevelov. Shevlov, okay, uh, invited Sondheim to a party where Sondheim arrived before him, but knew no one else. And when he saw the familiar face of um, Arthur... Is Lawrence? It, I was going to say Lawrence. Back 
um, who had seen one of the auditions. I'll help you out. Hal Prince. <laughs> it's off. pronounced Prince. Is the off. next one you're getting to. You can go straight to hell. I'm just canceled. We're not going to do it now. No, we're we're gonna gonna we've, gone too, we've gone too far. Don't make it a bad Tuesday. Um, who had, he, had, he had been present for the auditions of Saturday Night, which was one of the musicals, um, and they began talking. Lawrence told him he was working on a musical version of Romeo and Juliet with Leonard Bernstein, but they needed a lyricist because Betty Comden and Adolph Green were supposed to write the lyrics, but they were contracted over in Hollywood. Fucking name dropping, bro. Know, right? And he said that although he was not a big fan of Sondheim's music, he enjoyed the lyrics from Saturday Night, and he would like it if he would come audition for him. So, obviously, he auditioned for him, and uh, he wrote the lyrics to West Side Story, as we oh. all know. <laughs> Stephen Sondheim wrote the lyrics to West Side Story. Uh, the erotic okay. thriller, <laughs> West Side I have Story. so much to get through. The Spielberg <laughs> film. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Um, it opened in 1957, ran for 732 performances. Sondheim expressed his dissatisfaction with the lyrics, saying that they did not always fit the characters and were sometimes too conscientious, too consciously poetic. Uh -huh. Initially, Bernstein uh, was also credited as a co-writer of the lyrics. Later, however, he offered Sondheim solo credit as Sondheim had essentially done all of them. The New York <laughs> Times review of the show never even mentioned the lyrics. Wow. <laughs> and famously, he offered him, he offered to adjust the royalties contract did, for West yeah. Side Story, and Sondheim said, ah, don't worry about it. What's money? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bernstein got... Thus he died a much poorer man. Yeah, Bernstein got 2%, at, no, 3%, and um, Sondheim only got 1%. And he offered him to do two and two, mm. and he was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> the recognition is enough. Small <laughs> mistake. Yep. Um, then he did Gypsy. We all know how that went. Heard of that um, one. <laughs> the first musical he Mom played... is coming out. Mom is talking loud. There it is. There's the Mervin. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first musical which Sondheim wrote the music and lyrics for was a funny thing happened on the way to the Forum, yes. which happened in 1962 and ran for 964 performances. The show won six Tony Awards, including Best Musical, and ran for, oh, yeah. Okay, and it was the longest Broadway run of any show for which Sondheim wrote both music and lyrics. Oh. That's funny. I kind of forgot about that. And, and, and boob jokes. Yep. Sondheim had participated in three straight hits, but his next show, 1964's Anyone Can Whistle, was a nine-performance bomb. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Although, very importantly, it introduced the world of musical theater to Angela Lansbury. Mm. Ah, so, yes. I feel like it's a it's a hit. Yeah. It's a win. It's a win. It's a W. Yeah. Big W. Um, the first show with Hal Prince. Uh, yes. <laughs> Prince. Baccarat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the first show he did with Hal as the director was the 1970 concept musical Company. Mm. Um, we're I'm skipping a lot, y'all, because there's a mm. lot of fucking stuff. So we're just like hitting the big ones. Nobody. Um, the first collaboration with James Lapine was Sunny in the Park with George in 1984. Uh, that one was all about, you know, famously George Seurat's Pointillism. It's a musical about pointillism. Sounds boring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. They yeah, won the Pulitzer Prize for that one. Oh, okay. See? And they still lost to Lacage. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they got a Pulitzer. I feel like that's more impressive. It is. Um, <clears throat> Sondheim's accolades include eight Tony Awards, including a Lifetime Achievement, an Academy Award, eight Grammy Awards, 
a Pulitzer, a Laurence Olivier Award, and a 2015 Presidential Medal of Freedom. He has a theater named after him on Broadway and in the West End. Oh. He wrote film music contributing Goodbye for Now for Warren Beatty's Reds. He wrote five songs for Dick Tracy. Also Warren Beatty's. Including <laughs> Sooner or Later, I Always Get My Man, which was sung by Madonna. And that was what got him his Oscar. Uh-huh. Um, Sondheim came out as gay when he was about 40. He rarely discussed his personal life, though he said in 2013 that he had not been in love before he turned 60, when he entered into a roughly eight-year relationship with dramatist Peter Jones. Sondheim then later married Jeffrey Scott Romley, a digital technologist, in 2017, and they lived happily between Manhattan and Roxbury, Connecticut, until his death this past weekend. <laughs> wow. At the ripe old, cozy age of 91, asleep in his bed after a dinner party with his friends. Damn. Which seems like the absolute best way to possibly die. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'd, I'd want to go that way. Seems great. So that's Steve. That's what his friends call him. Steve. 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 Um, yeah. So now we're going to talk about the prettiest song. I'll go first because yeah. I don't care. Oh. I believe the category is the best song. <laughs> Not the prettiest song. I'm just getting very specific here. Yeah. Thank you. That's best means prettiest when it comes to music. Musical theaters. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't we all have our own separate, like, mm. what we think is important about it? Perhaps, perhaps. Some criteria. Perhaps. Don't we have our own criteria? We can. Yeah. <laughs> I'll allow it. That's not great. Oh, AJ, as you said in a, a as you said in a text earlier this week, it's my show, so <laughs> I get to do whatever oh. I want. And I went, AJ, it's our show. <laughs> But not tonight, my friend. It's, all, it's just for me. Not even our show. Your show. I want a palimony Was agreement. I on that text chain? I might have been taking a leisurely hot show. No, it was just between AJ and I. Oh. Okay. Um, all right. We talk sometimes about you people. Yeah. Well, me and Peachfoot got a thing going on, so. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? A little uh, Peachfoot loose meat offline. Gross. <laughs> This is all terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, in true fashion, I'll tell you which songs I didn't pick but wanted to. Yes. Um, I almost picked Being Alive from Company. Sure. Because it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's great. Because of Adam Driver singing it. In, uh... Hartley. Um, yeah. in that movie <laughs> it, it, it made me love it. Um, I also I have a big old crush on Raul Esparza. So when he sang it, it's one of the most glorious torturous sounding things in the world he sings hard he sings so hard i love that hard i love that he sings so hard very very sweaty so he feels music so deeply and i love it i didn't pick that though um (laughs) and then i also was like oh what sometimes song would i want to sing if i could only sing one Mm -hmm. and that would be not getting married today Mm -hmm. but i don't think that's the best song i just think it's the most fun song to sing It is a very yeah, fun which show. is from also from Company, which is like one of my that's one of my dream roles. But you know, we're all too old, I think, now for it. <laughs> um, I feel like there. I should say up front, I've never seen Company, oh, and wow. I don't know it. Like I'm not oh. a I don't know Company. Oh, uh, you should listen to the music. All. It's very fun. I know. I don't know why it it somehow was not part of my uh, my upbringing. It that's has a it has a sex scene that's musically scored. It's mm, wonderful. Yummy. It's very good. <laughs> You but but you've seen but you've seen the um, co-op the, the documentary now co-op right 
Not yet. Oh, Claire, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. We don't have time to go into it. I know. I know. I know. I need to see that. Hey, listeners. Listeners. Stop what you're doing right now. Yeah. Go on the Netflix, watch documentary now. Uh, the the co-op, the musical episode. It's the it's a it's a parody of the com- of the making of the company cast album documentary. Yeah. It is one of the greatest 20 minutes it's of important. comedy you'll it's ever a, see in your it's life. It's important. Um, anyway, didn't pick that song. Mm-mm. And then the third one I was almost going to pick uh, is Not A Day Goes By um, from Merrily We Roll Along. Sure. That's a is, very beautiful melody. Which I think is the saddest song I've ever sung in my life. Um, and it just makes me too sad. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, yeah. it makes me too sad. I don't know if I can listen to it every day for the rest of my life. But um, I, I feel like I was vindicated when on Sunday, this past Sunday, Sunday, all the Broadway people went into Times Square and sang Sunday from Sunday in the Park with George after I had decided that was going to be my song. Oh. And then they all sang it. So that's my song, Sunday, from Sunday in the Park with George. Because that's I think it's beautiful. Which makes it the best to me. <laughs> well, it, it's a. I agree. It's a beautiful song. I think it is it's very impactful too I, in the theater. I think it's ve- yes. I think the lyrics are not necessarily. You know, it contains the word elliptical. It does. That's there's not many <laughs> songs that, that contain that that word. That's true. That's true. Um. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm not giving you that. They're both giving it to you. I'm not giving. It to you. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's, I mean another elliptical song. <laughs> it also, you know, it comes. It, it's at the end of each act. You know, mm-hmm. it, it closes at the first act, and it's like this big cacophony of everything is happening. All this stuff is coming together. Dot's leaving him. The sis, the, tw- the sisters are fighting. Everyone's on, like, and then the painting all just sets immediately into place that he's painting. And then he like pauses them all and this gorgeous song starts and then the painting sings along with him and it's just so gorgeous. It's phenomenal. You know, I so I brought my father to see that show yeah. at the Meunier Chocolate Factory in London. Okay. And he had no idea what it was. I just told him we're going to see a musical about a painter. Sure. <laughs> and I remember he was sobbing at the conclusion of the first act and he, and he turns to me and he's like will you bring me to this shit <laughs> oh. to be fair to Pete it's a show about a father and like a son and then like a like um you know or a father and a grandson great grandson like it's you know yeah. it's, it's about family and children and parenting and stuff like that and um but yeah it's just and at the end and I I, yeah, the lyrics are very simple, but they're just so beautiful, and the harmonies are gorgeous, and the whole company sings, and the way it's staged is just—it's so pretty. Um, it's the best piece of choral writing, I think, that he's done. I I think it just—it gives me all the tinglys and the butterflies and the warm feelings when I hear it. And when I watched everyone sing it on Sunday, I was like, <laughs> just like quietly weeping into my phone. It was so beautiful. And yeah, I think it's great. And at the end of the finale version of Sunday, it's like, you know, the, the line is like, white, a blank page or canvas, his favorite, so many possibilities. And it's like, it's so pretty. It's so good. So that's, that's the song that I think is the best one. He wrote so many, but I, I just think it's gorgeous. And yeah. That's my I, I've been lucky enough to see Sunday two times on Broadway. Oh, and did you both see it with times, Jake Gyllenhaal? 
Yes. Um, well, Evan worked on that production. Right, yes. Wow. Friend of the pod and pie maker extraordinaire. Oh, yes. Uh, Mention the pies. <laughs> Um, he's so good at making pies, and, uh, I, and I don't know if he made them for Jake Gyllenhaal, but oh. I'm I'm sure he would have. Uh, he worked on that production, so he took me to opening. Oh, but damn! Then I, but then I also saw it um, like ten years ago when mm-hmm. it was that that revival that um, where they did all the cool like digital things where yeah, he yeah, like, yeah, draw yeah. on the wall. That was the one I saw in the Lenier Chocolate Factory. It transferred yeah. to Broadway. Um, that's yeah. gorgeous. It was, and both times I will say the end of act one when they all become the painting it's, was the fucking coolest. Like it's just, <clears throat> I don't know what it is. It's like the music swelling and the the painting coming together. It's the most beautiful thing. It's, it's very cool. Yeah, it's true. Look, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. It's so gorgeous. I would love to see the show on stage. I have never seen it on stage. I would love to yeah. see it. Friend of the pod, Sam Dudley, always wants to do something in the park with hey, sure. does. Sam does, Sam does. Loves it. How are his pies? <laughs> not as not as good. Not as good. Bland. Okay. Yeah, but he but he you know he makes a great burrito. That's so. true. <laughs> oh well, that that's the the pie of of, of Mexican food. That's an empanada. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Sunday from Sunday in the Park with George. That is my pick. I am not ashamed. It's a it's a it's a, it's a fine pick. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, Keith, would you like to go next? Sure. Thanks. Um, so as uh, with all my suggestions, whenever I throw something out to the group, once everyone is on board, I then, of course, say to myself, well, shit, now I have to pick one. <laughs> I don't really have anyone in mind, but oh, everyone else liked it. No, now I have to do it. Um, but I will say I'm glad we're doing song yes. and not show. Yeah. Because try as I might, I have not seen every Stephen Sondheim musical. Sure, yeah. No, it's hard. Um, do. New Orleans only does five of them, and three of those five are for them. Correct. So. <laughs> Fair point. That's true. That's a great And how many times joke. have you been in forum? Three times. There we go. Yep. <laughs> um, so uh, songs are just easier to access, mm-hmm. and they're easier to argue, mm-hmm. I might say. I agree. Uh, so, uh, I, and since you mentioned the ones you didn't pick, yeah. uh, I'll go mention ahead. mine briefly. Being Alive was on the list. So good. Um, have a little bit of experience. Because of Adam Driver. Because of Adam Driver. Obviously. Um, <laughs> I do, do we all know that Being Alive was an alternative ending? Because his original yes. ending was a song called Happily Ever After in Hell. Yeah. And Hal Prince said, uh-huh. or Prince, Prince said, 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 um, said, Steve, we can't, we, we can't end the show on that note. Happily Ever After in Hell being the final statement that we make on marriage. And he was like, <laughs> I'm gonna need I'm gonna need you to to give it another go. <laughs> so Sondheim went to his hotel room and then came back like, a couple days later with with being alive. Well, I'm glad he did. Yeah, it's a good song. Such a good song. Um, it's beautiful. I've never you know I have seen Company. I've never done Company, but I was a part of a very fun um, you know local uh, I guess event called Game Show Karaoke, mm-hmm. uh, where we did a Mad Libs sing along, mm-hmm. and I had being alive. And it was very fun. Every time it was being alive, it said uh, "eating a child." Sure. Um, so it That's was. Good. That was a yeah. good experience. Um, also on my list was "Sooner or Later" from Dick Tracy. Oh, it's a great song. And and of course, very close to being chosen yep. was "Little Dream" from The Birdcage. Oh, that would have made me so happy. Uh-huh. 
good. That's good. But, um, but you know, of the Sondheim shows I have seen, there is one that got me, uh, I guess, the most interested in theater. And by interested, I mean scared. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time I saw The Demon Barber. Yeah. Oh. Not Alex Wallace. No. <laughs> talking about Benjamin Barker. Or, mm-hmm. as Sasha Baron Cohen would say, <laughs> Mr. Sweeney Todd. Oh, boy. And oh, boy. the... Uh, <laughs> The tune that made the biggest impression or frightened me the most was A Little Priest. Yes. Oh, very good. Oh, Excellent choice. Good pick. I saw the show in 1994. Wow, where'd you see that at? At Tulane. Oh, okay, great. Which at that, you know, I was uh, I was very young. Yeah, you were a wee baby. I was a wee baby. No and, wonder you were scared. Uh-huh. And right. at that point, I'm, this, this is what did it. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. This is what made you afraid of everything. Probably. Um, <laughs> Dixon Hall might as well have been like Carnegie Hall. Yeah, sure, yeah. Like it was massive, <laughs> yeah. like seeing a show there when, and with the shows I had seen at Rummel, uh, yeah. were like a shoebox. Yeah. So, um, but I just, I was like trans, you know, my God. Yeah, of course. This in, like this insane madcap, you know, number to end the act. And I'm like, they're having a good time. Not yeah. really, you know, understanding the full the, scope. Sure, yeah. Um, so it wasn't until I was older that I realized how like unhinged uh, the actual song is. Yeah. Um, but there was always something about Sweeney Todd. I was like, I, I remember my sister had the, the album or the, the CD and like the cartoon you know, yeah. cover and everything, yeah. and then like the the razor and the rolling pin production photo, the DVD. Uh, okay. Speaking of PBS, yes, yeah. um, <laughs> the national tour in '92, which was uh, which was like readily available. '82, '82. What did I say? '82. Who knows? Um, '92. Yeah. I'm glad I corrected myself yeah. then. Well done. Um, but yeah. uh, if you're not familiar with the song <laughs> "Little Priest," it's about what to do with a dead body. It's great. Uh, which quickly. Uh, escalates into like a very extensive mass murder plan. Yeah, because they really need to get rid of one. Just right? one, but you, there's a lot. There's a lot more to it, though. Yeah, if it's you're about the murderer, economy, really. Anyone who has ever ordered merchandise knows you gotta buy in bulk. Yeah, that's true. You can't. <laughs> you, you can't it's, just kill one. It's too expensive for know. one. Yeah, it's not worth the effort for just one body. That's true. Yeah, I mean, and, and if you, you got a pie shop. Hello. What else are we doing? Exactly. Um, it's uh, seven minutes. Of, it's so long. Of insanity. It's great. Uh, which I'm sure when you see it like live, it, it could go on for like 20 minutes, sure. depending on like what the vibe uh-huh. is. Depending on what Patty Lapone's feeling that night. That too. <laughs> um, there's obviously great wordplay in the song. Yes, um, it's very fun to sing the harmonies in the car. It is, yes. Or the shower, mm-hmm. uh, depending yeah. on where you sing. Um, there's many recordings. I think I have to go with the OG Broadway, okay. which is the okay. album, uh, which is, you know, that's Len Carreyou, not George Hearn. Right. Um, because George mm-hmm. Hearn was on the tour in 82. So I think most people might've seen that one. Sure. But when you hear it it's on the Len. album and Spotify, yeah. it's Len. And Angela Lansbury, of, Lans- Lansbury, of course. I'm a customer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so cute. And you know, so cute. Miss, yeah, she's so cute. Mrs. Lovett really certainly drives the beginning of the song because fucking Sweeney Todd just sang "Pretty Women in Epiphany" back to back. Yeah. So he's tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He needs a seat. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it's just it it's funny. It's it's creepy. Yep. It's it's. Uh, I I'm gonna have to pick like an uplifting sort of not uplifting but like a up tempo song. Up tempo song. Sure. Um, when it comes to my musical theater sure. and the uh, fun waltz. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. Is I mean, it's, it's, yeah. It's very full of promise. They're like putting together an idea. Yeah. Yes. They're scheming. 
It's a scheming song. It's great. And, and I just, I love his, you know, like Mrs. Lovett, what a charming notion, eminently practical and yet appropriate as always. Um, how live the house with these? No. How delectable, also undetectable. All that stuff is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have so just good. the big note at the end there. All of yeah. their stuff they sing together is so much fun and all carrying on with the orchestra and everything. Yeah. Um, and a lot of great jokes. So many jokes. So many wonderful so jokes funny. about yeah. professions. Yes. yes. Um, and then, you know, there's a testicles joke in there, too, with or without oh, his privates. Um, that's my favorite. Which gets the audience And why going. come to the theater if there's not going to be a joke about testicles? Like, why? Yeah. Ex- exactly. I agree. Why am I paying 150 I agree. Ticket? Elliptical testicles. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's right there. Oh, it writes itself. <laughs> um, there's there's also a great uh, uh, recording of the 80th birthday of Stephen Sondheim, which is the trio um, of Michael Cerverus, George Hearn, and Patti Lapone singing the song. Yes. Uh, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Now, I, those out of context. Friend of the pod. Friend of the Michael pod. Yeah, <laughs> the out of context performances can sometimes be a little awkward because, sure, you know, they're yeah. like, they're just out of nowhere doing an accent and like, you know, kind of like some of these like physical char- okay, I'm all right with it. characterizations and they're wearing tuxedos yeah. and ball gowns. But, um, yeah. but of course they're all wonderful. Yeah. Um, I tried to use, when I was in college, I tried to use a lyric from this song in an article that I wrote. Um, the, uh, these are desperate times and desperate measures are called for. And the editor was like, what, what are you, what are you, why are you using so many words to say that? <laughs> so, uh, that didn't work, but, um, it was a sports column too. So it really didn't fit. No, they weren't happy with you <laughs> trying to throw in some musical theater in there. I mean, I didn't say Mrs. Lovett. Yeah, but they were very confused. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know we're not talking about best show uh, of Sondheim's, but I mean, I do love Sweeney Todd a great deal. It would probably be my pick for best show, but again, I haven't seen them all. Sure. Um, so I don't that know. That's kind of shocking to me because you were such a fraidy cat when we talked about vampire movies. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't allowed to see Sweeney Todd when my brother's conservatory did it because my brother was like, you'll puke. Like, there's so much, like, throat slitting. Like, you'll, you can't There is a lot it. of throat slitting. There is. And then I, I and didn't that, see that, it um, until the mo- the terrible movie. But see. then I saw, I saw the one where they recreated the pie shop. In downtown. Oh, that and, must have been oh, fucking great. With Norm because Lewis? Again, with my boyfriend, friend of the pod, Norm Evan Prezant, worked on that uh, project as well. Yeah. I would love to see Norm Lewis do that. I bet it and fucking great. terrifying. It was all right in your face. Yeah. It was, it was very, it was very intense, but it was a lot of fun. In yeah. the spirit of awkward performances, I saw Norm Lewis sing this song on uh, the Today Show. Uh, oh my god so that was really the rough awesome. morning sure, no yeah it was a weird vibe uh, if you for... ever want a really good but speak being alive norm lewis does a beautiful rendition of being alive if you ever oh, listen to that okay send your heart a flutter like that <laughs> um, uh so yeah i think that's uh that's what i got yeah, I feel pretty good, good about it. That's I thought song. that that would be Claire's pick. Oh. I had Claire pegged for little priest oh what did you think that's funny everybody ought to have a maid <laughs> no, I thought he would. Everybody pick. ought to have a working girl. Mm-hmm. I thought I I did not know what he picked. I thought maybe something from Follies because you I'd seen you done a, you'd sing a song from Follies. Oh yeah, we uh, you're gonna love tomorrow. Yeah, a great song. Oh, yeah, it's not a song. yeah, but I you know. I mean, I, I, just, I thought that that was a, I thought that the jokes. The bad puns and all the humor, uh, that was very clear to me. So, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, just um, oh, just letting everyone know, I went on, um, after Mr. Sondheim passed away this weekend, I tried to listen to A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum on Spotify, and the Nathan Lane version doesn't exist on Spotify. Oh. It also oh. doesn't exist on iTunes, I can't purchase it. Wonder why. So you oh. know what I did? 
bought a CD. You bought a CD? <laughs> I bought a motherfucking CD yeah. in the year of 2021, <gasps> my friends. Because, oh my God. Because I, when I drove to my, I was like driving to my brother's house. And I was like, holy shit, my car is a CD player. Yep. I just realized that my 2021 vehicle has a CD player in it. Sure. So I bought the cast recording of A Funny Thing Happened to the Way Before. I messaged Fuck you. yeah, you did. <laughs> I messaged you like a year Fuck ago. the future. I love this. <laughs> Me too. I'm so happy about I it. Bought, uh, <laughs> I bought Toxic Avenger. Um, oh, that's great. On like eBay. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was $11. Sure. <laughs> Mine was like 13 And then you just have to pay another 20 for an old CD player. <laughs> I think the one in my car is going to work. Oh, yeah. It works for me. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited about it. But, like, how weird is that? Why is it not on Spotify? That's weird. I, uh, weird. And I do love Funny Thing Happened on Where the Forum, of me course. Me too, yes. Keith and I did it in high school together. Sure I played his mother. That's true. Um, and Love I, I Hear. theater did it all the time when I was growing it's up. It's a very my fun show to be in. A lot. Love I Hear is, like, an underrated song. Oh, that's great. I do like singing that song. I also like Free. I think Free, free is, is a very good. underrated very song. Very good. But, um, I think all of those songs are amazing. <laughs> Forum is is gorgeous music. It's yeah. really good and it's really funny. Oh yeah, so yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, the laugh a minute. Yeah, I'm shocked no one picked anything from Forum. <laughs> We're all trying to seem yeah. smart. I I fully forgot Forum. <laughs> sure, and I like also happens. I just forgot about it. But now that I'm reliving it, I'm like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right, Claire, do you want to go next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> We're going to let I, AJ go last since he has notes and since this is his Oh, I love that. And I want that for him. <laughs> um, I get the good to, <laughs> to address your point, AJ, I almost picked Not While I'm Around from Sweeney Todd because it's what I sing to my to my dog when she's freaking out about thunder. That's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a that's a good dog song. It's very tender. It's mm-hmm. not very really tender. like the, the laugh a minute you would expect from me. Um... <laughs> So I thought we were recording tomorrow, so I don't have any notes, but <laughs> we so rarely record on a Wednesday. <laughs> you know, I thought tomorrow was Tuesday. That's, That's fair. Really fair enough. That's fair. Um, and then you texted uh, five minutes and I was like, all right. I can do that. Um, <laughs> so to well, give a little background, <laughs> I I mean, come on, am I ever? Uh, I grew up a like full blown musical theater nerd. I watched Camelot and Brigadoon and the first tape of Fiddler on the Roof on repeat. <laughs> yep. Those were like, that was my bread and butter. Yep. Um, and I was in like every Rodgers and Hammerstein musical um, in my community theater because I'm like a community theater 10. But yeah. Professional theater 4. Um, <laughs> But but the thing about the thing about those musicals like Camelot and Brigadoon and the first tape of Fiddler on the Roof is that they're all pretty Pretty like like by the book, book. you know? There there's nothing unexpected is gonna happen in those. Mm -hmm. Um the guy gets the girl. I mean there's a pogrom and everything gets really bad, but then everything's (laughs) fine, I assume. I don't watch the second tape. Um I wouldn't. But then (laughs) <laughs> then, uh, then in, uh, I want to say 1991, 92, I was handed a two VHS tape compendium, which I would watch both tapes. Wow. And that was the American Playhouse Presents, a Michael Brandman production of Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods. Oh. Oh. 
um, which was filmed for television in in 1991, I think. But I mean, that production had been around for a little while yeah. at that point. And that damn near broke my kid brain. Sure. Because <laughs> yeah. it was like, it was fairy tales, but they were talking to the audience and they were changing the endings and they were all like, I mean, this is very hip now that all the fairy tales live in a universe where they all cross over. Mm-hmm. That's like everywhere. Yeah. That was not the case in the 90s. So this was a whole new idea and a whole new like kind of musical where things were funny. And I mean, I know that there are other funny musicals that existed at that point. But to me, it was like the sense of humor was something I hadn't clocked before. Sure. Well, it's very dark and also. So dark. And but like about stories that are tr- that had to me and up until that point been treated very lightly. Yes, we're all being treated like as heavy as they actually were. Right. Um, with the like stepsisters cutting off their toes and right, heels yeah. to and fit into the getting shoes becoming and all that. blind and all sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> and and I so the song I'm picking, um, and I'll do my runner up as well because I actually would love to talk about that also. Um, <laughs> but the song I'm picking. <laughs> Is the song Agony, The Reprise. Ah, (laughs) second agony. Because, now, um, I'm I'm a nice lady baritone, so I am drawn to the gentleman songs in general. Not because they are gentlemen, but because I could sing them when I was a baritone at 10 years old. Yeah. Um, And I had not ever thought of, like, misogyny in fairy tales. Until I saw it being made fun of in these yes. these two songs. There's Agony and then there's The Reprise, which is so much better than the first one, which is bizarre. Um, I rewatched them today, but the like VHS versions from that Bernadette Peters. Oh, okay. Um, not, the, not the most recent version of Into the Woods. <laughs> No, I never saw that film. Oh, well, Claire, the thing because about... there's nobody but Joanna Gleason in this heart. I understand. <laughs> I completely agree. But the only thing you should watch from the new version of Into the Woods is when they sing Agony. Because I did watch the first Agony. I did not watch the It is reprise. Billy Magnuson and it is Chris Pine yeah. being the but I watched around. And yeah. when I tell you, I'm going to embarrass Keith now, but when we went and saw it He's leaving. on Christmas Day... <laughs> We uh, all had a lot to drink at the movies. <laughs> and when that song was over, Keith stood up yeah. and clapped. Because <laughs> it was the best part of the movie. We were hollering so loud at that song in that movie because it was the only thing that was good. <laughs> because I think it is like a perfect piece of theater contained. So like, I don't know how much sense those characters make throughout the rest of the show. I don't really remember. Yeah. But I remember them bumping up against each other. Yeah. um, And, and singing in this like, so abstract, hilarious way. Yeah. It was just like the funniest thing I'd ever seen and remains like I rewatched, I rewatched the stage performance versions. Yeah. And I did watch the Chris Pine one. But it was like dubbed over of somebody just if they were awkwardly screaming instead of singing. And that's very funny. It's on YouTube. The real one's um, good. You can watch it. I'll find it. It's but it's so, it's I really mean, good. the song is so funny. Yes. And and the second one where they're doing Snow White and Sleeping Beauty is so, so funny. Yes. And the last line is, oh, well, back to my wife. Yep. And and it's also like beautiful. They, see, they hit like beautiful notes. Mm-hmm. I was laughing out loud. It was incredible. The the other thing that I almost chose, 
Um, and we talked about this offline after the last episode because we talked so much about uh, musicals in that episode. Yeah. Is Unworthy of Your Love from Assassins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very but I have a caveat for it, which is why I was like, I should go with Agony. Because I feel like Agony, the reprise, works no matter what. Yes. But Unworthy of Your Love, I think you have to listen to the original off-Broadway cast recording of it. Because that version is fucking incredible. (laughs) This was the like blue CD with the handwritten little white stars. Mm -hmm. Annie Golden as Squeaky Frome is so good. Just like vocally hilarious and scary Mm -hmm. and like into it. It's so good. I re-listened it. That is on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it is really good. The Neil Patrick Harris version isn't my favorite because it's very, like, it's sung very, like, legit Broadway. Right. Yes, lifted. it's very beautiful. It's very pretty. Yeah. It's pretty, and it's it's a it's a really nice thing, but it's supposed to be kind of, like, gritty. And so I like the off-Broadway, the Playwrights Horizons version mm-hmm. better. Sure. Um, and stunning key change. Yes. Stunning yes. key change. In that <laughs> Excellent key change in Unworthy of Your Love. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, th- those were my, th- that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Un- Unworthy of Your Love has been stuck in my head for like a week. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's a great song. It's very good. It's so good. And she just gets like the, the off-Broadway, she's so angry. Like she gets so growly with it and it's yeah. so cool. But also, did you know that Susie Kurtz uh, was in the first reading of Assassins and played Wiki Brooks? The Swoos. I'm sure she couldn't sing it. That's why she wasn't in the production. But Probably. she was, I'm sure she was incredible. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's she cool. was squeaky? Yeah. Wow. That's fun. That's why you should have cast me, AJ. I'm a, I'm a Swoosie if I'm a day. <laughs> All right. I, know. I, I I live with regrets every day. So I add that to the list fine. of regrets. <laughs> All right, Abe. I don't I don't carry it with me. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Good. It's too heavy a burden. <laughs> All right. Here we go. It's to you. It's to you, Grandpa. This is the sound of my notes. He has so many notes, y'all. Packaged in order. So the first thing I'd like to say is picking a song, picking a song is a very difficult thing because removing a song from the context of its musical is an act by definition of butchery. And why did you agree to it then? uh, Well, because I think that it is, there is more opportunity for good arguments than Mm -hmm. just, also we have what, 300 songs we could say to choose from, maybe more. Well, we have 15 musicals, so, you know, the, 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 it is a more varied topic. So I just wanted to state that from the get. Great, thanks, that you're already mad about the topic. <laughs> well, so far, we don't have any show repeats, though. Now, I have, um, I have broken down Mr. Sondheim's work into what I find to be the five most important categories. Okay. And that would be oh, the cleverness of the lyrics... Okay. The beauty of the melody. Okay, beauty. See, pretty, okay. pretty. The complexity of the emotional core of the piece. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, opening, best opening or closing number. Okay. And then what I call the best character song, which would be something that is defining of, of a specific character. Sure. So, 
I, you know, I, I, I started making lists and I thought for, for, for the lyrics list, I had a little priest mm-hmm. into the woods with her withers, with her wither. Uh-huh. My God. Oh, yeah. My God. I mean, he's the first one who brought rap to Broadway. Let's be honest. Yes, it's true. Let's it's be true. honest. <laughs> but who else could, who else could turn Ooh. withers, wither, with her into a three word phrase that is, makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Rooting through my rutabagas. <laughs> then there's uh, another hundred people yeah. and not getting married both from company brilliant yeah. lyric songs yes. then we have the melodies we have Send in the Clowns yeah. I, I mean that's extremely famous beautiful beautiful you know Sinatra said yeah. Send in the Clowns and they said what does that song mean and he goes you know a guy uh, you love a girl you, you get the girl Send in the Clowns <laughs> <laughs> you know that's so Frank, what I mean you know, Frank Sinatra well, I, saying it I remember that no Judy Dench idea what the song was about oh, Jesus so, Judy yeah. Dench singing Send in the Clowns on that um, that uh, concert for Macintosh Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Oh, yes. So beautiful. Yes. So then we have uh, Being Alive, which we've talked about extensively. Joanna yeah. from Sweeney. Love yes. it. Not beautiful. a Day Goes By. Day Goes By. So beautiful. That Natalie mentioned. Sunday, which is with Natalie's pick. So gorgeous. No One Has Ever Loved Me, which oh. is uh, from Passion, which not <laughs> many people good. know. And Not While I'm Around. All beautiful melodies. All beautiful. So for anyone that ever said that you can't write a humble book tune, go fuck yourself. No. Yeah. Now. People. Oh, that, that, every reviewer from Walter Kerr on down to Frank Rich. You know what the fuck they're saying? So well, they wouldn't the, say it now. In terms of my complexity category, mm-hmm. then I had um, Someone in a Tree, oh. which Sondheim is often credited as his own favorite song. Oh. Because okay. it's, a, it's a Rashomon song about what happened at a historical event that no one really knew and no one saw. And it's about the perspective from a boy that was in a tree and a man that was under the ground. Yeah. And then the he the old man version of the boy in the tree is telling the story. It's very complex. <laughs> then we have Losing My Mind. Oh, I, oh, oh that was also one of my That was also on my a list. Brilliant, a, brilliant, a brilliant show, oh. uh, uh, you know, in which, you know, the woman is singing about the man that she loved and that she should have married. And she says, the sun comes up, I think about you. The coffee cup, I think about you. It's so good. And it's so, good. I don't, it's, a, it's such little words that yeah. mean so much. It's really good. Then there's Buddy's Blues from that same show, oh, Follies. Yeah, Buddy nice. Blues is when he's basically an emotional breakdown of a man who realizes that his wife no longer loves him, sung as a vaudevillian yeah. comedy sketch. Yep. Then there's Pretty Women, the yeah. complexity of that Pretty song. Women. You you have two two men who despise one another singing a love song about a woman as one is about to slit the other's throats. That's a great song. Um, yeah. And then you have Finishing the Hat. Mm. You know, the complexity of, mm. of the, the creation of art and the, you know, ephemeral quality of making something when there was nothing but there before. Where there never was a hat. Now let's talk oh. about Mr. Sondheim's opening numbers. Because Mr. Sondheim knew how to write an opening. Yeah. I will tell you, the musicals, just think about the opening. Sweeney Todd. Yeah. The Ballad of Sweeney Todd. Company. Yep. Company. 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 Into the Woods. Which contains the lyrics, while her withers, wither, wither. Yes. Assassins. Everybody's got the right to be happy. Good one. Forum. 
You have Comedy Tonight. Comedy Tonight. Yeah. And I also threw in there, out of deep respect, as someone that directed it, Pacific Overtures. Which is shit. Which, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is about, you know, in the middle of the world we float. It basically establishes the entirety of Japan. Then the best character songs. <laughs> best character songs I have Unworthy of Your Love. Mm-hmm. Obviously, A Bowler Hat from Pacific Overtures. Barcelona. Oh wow! Has anyone ever written a better post-coitus song? I mean, probably not. It's it's I that don't, song's great. It's so it's so it's the it's only so one I simple. sing. <laughs> Claire, I think the big takeaway from tonight is you, you gotta, really you must gotta, see Company. You, you, you must listen to the yeah. music. You, you must experience the Company. company I, I definitely should. Because Barcelona I feel bad that is brilliant. Barcelona is so good. Franklin Shepard. I plan to watch it tomorrow before we <laughs> recorded, but <laughs> oh sure, yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll watch it tomorrow and just record whatever you want and send yeah. it to Matt. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'll listen to response. Yeah. Franklin Shepard, great manic character song, kind of a, an emotional breakdown song as well, like a Buddy's Blues. Anyone Can Whistle, which is, yeah. you know... It's which been, is such a good song from a show that nobody's on. And, it did, you know, it's been it's a deeply metaphorical song. It was, you know, I, I found out that apparently homosexuals were considered unable to whistle mm-hmm. in the middle part of the 20th century. Wow. That, like, doctors that were trying to, de- you know, detect homosexuality as, like, a genetic trait wow. was said that, like, it was, like, men... Like, one of the telltale signs was that they had a, such a... A curvature of the upper lip that they could not whistle, That's and so weird. Not, you know, there has been a lot that of discussion. Backwards. <laughs> there has been a lot, For a lot of reasons. Yeah, there has been a lot of discussion that this what you know that that was because you said he didn't come out till he was forty, which would have been right. nineteen seventy, and that show came out prior to that. So that was like you know it was kind of like Sondheim's discussion about sure. yeah. how, uh, you know his feelings on the issue. Yeah. And then there's a, the I'm Still Here, which is a great character song. My God, that was yeah. based on the life of Joan Crawford about, you know, a woman who lives through the entertainment industry and survives every, uh, you know, yeah. American tragedy that befells her. So, ultimately, I had to find a song yep. that I felt touched each of these categories. Lyrics, melody, complexity. Uh, I, I guess not opening, because it's not an opening number, but it is an 11 o'clock number. Yes. And character. And what I ended up with, my friends, no, was no. let us all raise a glass yes. to the ladies who lunch. Yes. Yeah. I'll drink to that. Yeah. I'll drink to that. Okay, look. Ladies who lunch. <laughs> One of the best Sondheim songs ever written. You know, well, let's just say the best. Um, because it is a song that... <laughs> is a song whose lyrics make you lean forward and listen. And it is a, it's a three-act play. It's a four, there, there are four stanzas of the song, and each stanza is a, is like, is a withering list of, of, of traits of, of the, uh, the high society women, women that, that uh, are you know, either married into wealth or born from wealth and don't really do much with their lives. Yep. Yep. Except go to cocktail parties and lunch and buy hats and yep. shop and see Broadway matinees. Uh, it's and, and a piece of Mahler's, which is always funny because when I was in high school and I first heard the song, I, like my fellow Midwesterner Elaine Stritch, also thought that a piece of Mahler's was somehow a famous New York bakery. Sure. <laughs> 
But according to Elaine Stritch, Sondheim told her that's not it. It's not about a piece of cake. It's a composer. So, you know, maybe it was the Midwest that we were just, we you know, we were uncultured, did not know the Mahler references. But it's a, it's a, it's a depiction of a highly complex woman. And I think it contains um, a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it it has a lot of ambivalence, right? The idea of of two opposing ideas facing off of one another. You're not really sure how you feel. Like you don't really know if you like Joanne, or you don't really sure. know if you hate Joanne. Sure. Uh, and you don't really know while she's singing the song if she likes Bobby or right. if she hates Bobby. Yeah. And ultimately, then the song transforms to become something about herself and the self-loathing that she contains. Mm-hmm. And it 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 just it it's it, it, it's just brilliant. It's a it's a three act play. Like um and uh, of course the original Elaine Stritch recording of it. And the or and or performance it's, of it, if you were lucky enough to see it's it, the best version of that. Song. It's phenomenal. I mean, I can't imagine anyone else that that song was written for, other than the boozy, alcoholic voice of yeah. Elaine Stritch, which contains no vibrato. Nope. I believe that the and song should perfect. never be sung with vibrato. Yeah. I know that Patti Lapone is doing it now in the revival, and I'm yeah. sure it's fucking awful for my ears. Because <laughs> we are a big fan. I'm a big fan. Um, I believe anyway. that, that Elaine Stritch and Patti Lapone both perform it in that, um, in the that Cameron McIntosh thing. I'm yeah, talking about. and one of them does it well. Oh, so um, shots fired, Lapone. And then the song has this. This song builds up to this frightful ending. Yeah. Which is just her demanding that everyone rise, and it's repeated that's like seven or eight times. All screamed at the audience on note, but without vibrato. Rise, 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 rise. <laughs> Boom. Blackout. And it's the 11 o'clock number because it's the penultimate number. The next thing we hear is Bobby figuring out that he wants to get married somehow. Yeah. Um, so they're fascinating. Fascinating character. Fascinating song. Also, I love the, the bossa nova. Like underscoring yeah. mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So, you know, for Sondheim to take that, and he always said that form uh, is dictated by content. Sure. And I think we could all look at each of our shows, whether it be Sunday or Sweeney or Into the Woods or Company, and that each show has a distinctive orchestral sound and okay. composition that is specific to Fair the American show. 1970s, the European uh, early 20th century, yeah. late 19th century, you know, the British music hall, and, of course, just, you know, kind of the grand world. fairy tale, European fairy tale tradition. And but so, in the 90s. So, <laughs> in the 90s. But, but, well, it was in the 80s. It was, yeah. it, uh, but, you know, I split it. Right. Um, but... Uh, you know, and, and I think that company is so infused with the, the synthesizers and the, uh, the bossa nova sounds. And it, Claire, it's a, it's a wonderful album. You've really got to just go and enjoy the whole thing. I almost <laughs> envy you that you can experience it for the first time. I know. It is pretty cool that you've never heard anything from company. <laughs> I, I, have heard, I have heard songs from it. Okay. I just like 
never had the album. Okay. Yeah. So I don't have like a relationship to it as a show. Sure. Yeah. Does well, that make sense? I know some of the songs. I've heard Ladies Who Lunch. I've heard Being Alive. Yeah. Well, what's but- nice about Company is that it's it, it really was the birth of the concept musical. So it was the fact that the songs are disconnected from any sort of in you know inherent storyline. Mm-hmm. They're just all fun songs that yeah. happen to like thematically fit together instead yeah. of contextually with plot. Yeah. So there's my here's my answer. <clears throat> Ladies who lunch. God bless Steve. I cried a lot this weekend. It's very sad. It was rough. It was rough. I mean I want I thought I was all cried out and then I watched the Sunday morning it tribute was, and then I lot. went in the bathroom and sobbed. It was so sad. Yeah I haven't watched it yet. It's very I, I, I thought texted bouncing it to around, all of you. Some of us. You cowards. Oh no 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 I'm talking about so you talking about the Sunday song I which is Gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, like, I was watching Sunday morning, the CBS oh, morning sure, sure, show, yeah. which is always, like, <laughs> the most artistic of morning shows. Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, and I knew that they would do something for Sondheim on Sunday, so I was, like, very closely watching it. Yeah. And, they, and they actually did two segments on him, and both times I was weeping. Yeah, it's very sad. Speaking of tears and sadness and death. Um, <laughs> yeah, speak more of it. Let's go. <laughs> When Elaine Stritch passed away. Oh, God. It was, I was really upset when Elaine yeah, Stritch passed away. It was my sister's wedding weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. we were all in the French Quarter and, like, drinking. Mm-hmm. And, like, word kind of got around the bar. Sure. And, and she had passed away. passed away. And this fucking loser. <laughs> he's, holds, he's pointing to himself. Pointing to himself. Holds up a drink and screams, everybody rise. <laughs> and the bar exploded. Oh, and no. by the bar, I mean, like, the four people my sister went to <laughs> I was like, sure. I was like, college with. Yeah. Like, unless you were in Marie's crisis, uh, I'm sure it was probably a select portion of the bar that exploded. Oh, but nice. that was an, I thought that was a nice tribute that I did. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was... There's a studio at Stella Adler that is the Elaine Stritch room. Of course. <laughs> and it is. Just Do you have like... to be pantsless when you go into it? <laughs> yes. Right. Must I mean, I'm never wearing pants. I don't know if I made that clear. Tight. That's going to be mine. Um, That's all I'm going to do when I hit 70. So get ready. It is full of photos of her, Dreams. paintings of her. It's incredible. Wonderful. It's very uncomfortable. To the documentary about Elaine Stritch is fantastic. Yeah. I, yeah. All I want to do is live at the Carlisle and pass out uh, Bay's English muffins and not wear pants. It seems like the best possible way to live. She was a teacher on, like, the Cosby show. Yeah, of course. She yes. taught Rudy and yes. Kate and, like, taught him how to dance. She's she's Alec Baldwin's mom on 30 Rock, and it's one of the greatest things ever on television. We're taking away from Steve. Yeah. No. Sorry, Steve. Steve. But, he, would, he would love this. Yeah. Us talking about Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the other funny thing about Sondheim was this weekend? Was the sheer amount of news stories that came up with the headline, A Rare Interview by Sondheim. And I thought, this man is one of the most interviewed, (laughs) most open to the press personalities in the artistic world in the 20th century. He he never met, this is not a criticism, but he never met an interview that he turned down. No, he also (laughs) would just talk to artists. And yes, and he was, he was, he was, he was well known giving. for being a teacher. Like, he was a very So giving. I found it very it funny. It was rare because so people didn't read those magazines. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was mostly, and clearly a rare interview is like an excuse for like the Detroit Free Press to like pull out the interview that he gave them in 1996. Sure, yeah. But it's like, well, it's also like, in case, since we're talking about nerdy theater, Tick, Tick, Boom also just premiered yeah. on Netflix, which has a large... Sondheim influence. Bradley Whitford right. perfectly plays 
Steve Sondheim. did something for the He film. did. He recorded the voicemail that, that was, was left on Jonathan Larson's phone. Wow. Because that really, like, you know, he really went to his stuff and he really gave him all of this, like, advice and he really called him. <laughs> and the recording that Bradley Whitford did, Sondheim was like, I wouldn't say that. Can I just say <laughs> what I would say? And he was like, if you need me to record it, if the actor can't do it, I'll do it. And Lynn manuel was like, yeah, we can't get him back. Can you just record it, please? We don't have that. We can't find him. <laughs> so Steve just did it for the movie. What's been nice is seeing all of the, uh, like, well, mostly on Twitter is what I'm re- referencing, but all, like, the personal letters, like, responses yes. he wrote yeah. to people, like, he, on his stationery. Yeah. He responded to, like, everything. He seemed like such an extraordinary human. It's just like typed up and it's like, you know, you can't use my song or you can use my song. Or like, this is some advice on like how to write songs, Steve. Like, oh man. I know, it's crazy. So yeah. (sighs) Well, you know, I mean, I I think we'll we'll keep seeing it. Well, we'll keep seeing Forum in town. I hope that that in death he achieves the kind of untouchable reverence that frankly I think he deserves. Because I think that for many years, especially in the late 80s and 90s, him and Andrew Lloyd Webber were constantly like compared, and also it was because they had the same birthday. There were oh. always be comparisons. Oh. oh wow! And I was always like, "There's, this is not a compare. This is like comparing like the Blue Dog to Degas. This is <laughs> this is not a comparison. Blue this, Dog shots you know, fired. Yeah. <laughs> this is a popular artist who has written some, you know, excruciatingly repeatable melodies and a genius. So. I, yeah. Let us never compare them any longer. <laughs> now that Mr. Sondheim is dead, may Andrew Lloyd Webber worship at the altar of his grave. So next episode... I do want to circle back to one comment that was made. I want to know what the other two Sondheim selections of the greater New Orleans area are. Oh, um, well, Company's been done here. Company. Uh, well, Nola Project did Assassins, obviously. Um, Merrily We Roll Along has been done here. That's like really mm-hmm. into the woods has been done here. Hey, I did Pacific Overtures at Noka. You sure did. <laughs> Good but, for you. But as far as like the repeats, it's pretty much just Forum and Into the Woods. Yeah. That Which, you know, they're not that. easy. No, Sondheim shows are notoriously not easy to do. And not easy to play at auditions, right? Yes. Oh, God, no. yes. Yeah. I, I, this is what I told Stephen Sondheim personally. <laughs> to this day, I don't know why I said it. But whatever, it came out. I'll never forget that I said it afterwards. And I was like, why did you say that, you idiot? Why did you say that his songs are hard to play? Like, was that, was that some sort he of like a backhanded compliment? He, he knows. knows that his songs are difficult to play. He it's did. Fine. He was um, such a sweet man. Yeah. I was lucky to meet him that I'm very happy he lived to be 91 years old. Next episode is Best Andrew Lloyd Webber song. <laughs> Nighttime darkness. Bro, are we going to have a Gerard Butler off? That would be a Patreon treat for the ages. Um, all right, y'all. Well, this was our this was our musical theater episode. Don't get used to it. <laughs> this is because you're we, welcome. This is because we love Stephen Sondheim and he deserves it. He does. He does. Um, so yeah, I think we're think we're all done. Um, if you have any complaints? Direct these to Keith. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Or yeah, just go listen to some Sondheim. It's really beautiful, y'all. Yeah. Go listen to each of these songs that we picked. They're gorgeous. And if you want to take that note at the end of A Little Priest up, just take it just up. Just take it up. Just option it option up. Option up. Like, why not? And also, that goes for the last note of literally anything. That's true. <laughs> you have Always my permission up, to take y'all. it up. Always option up. And again, watch the IFC. <laughs> 
documentary now. Yeah. yeah. Co-op the musical. Please, please. I'm going to watch Even Company. Better, you watch I'm going to watch after if you can watch, the If you can watch the original making the company cast album documentary, which is going to take some time to find and watch, but it'll it's be on, worth it. It's on YouTube. It'll, it's worth it. Do it. Do it. Both of them are on YouTube. So good. Do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. And, uh, yeah. I'll drink to that. Yes, yes. we'll all drink to that. Yes. May your memories be blessed, Steve. Yes. All right. See you all later. This is the Merm signing off. <laughs> Goodbye. Your Opinion is Trash is produced by no one. Edited by Matt Jackson with graphic design from Matt Phelan and original music by Kay the Beast. Please subscribe, like, and rate us on all podcast platforms and join our Patreon for more nonsense. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.